0: I've been everywhere, man I've been everywhere, man Across the desert, bare man I breathe the mountain air, man I travel, I've had my share, man I've been everywhere, I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla. I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, County, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Dollapus, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Oscaloosa, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chickpeakee, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Devils Lake, Crater Lake, Lake. I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the deserts, bare man, I breathe the mountain air, man, of travel, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere, I've been everywhere
1: I've been everywhere Brilliant Good morning again You know, um, a few weeks ago a couple sat in my office and asked uh, the question whether I've ever been to the Holy Land. And uh, I explained that I've been two times. I actually went two times in one year um, uh, way back. And um, I was just started me thinking it's time that we went again and took a trip to the Holy Land. So um, they asked me if there was any particular spot that I really enjoyed while I was at the Holy Land. And uh, the question took me a little bit by surprised because there were many spots that uh, I really enjoyed. I loved Bethlehem. Uh, I, I loved going up onto um, the Mount of Olives there and looking out over the city. I, I loved uh, going to Mount Zion and um, visiting David's tomb. Many, many wonderful things. I, I enjoyed um, floating in the Dead Sea and uh, I, I so many things. But uh, as I thought later, the place that Um, I'm going to give you a scripture that um, was spoken in this spot where I went and um, where it was that Jesus spoke some incredible words, and uh, that was the Garden of Gethsemane. I think that that has to be one of my favorite spots Um, I remember that as I knelt there in the Garden of Gethsemane, I had an encounter with God that I'd never, I'll never, ever forget. And it was in that garden that Jesus spoke the words that I want to bring to you this morning, and he spoke them to some tired disciples. And um, these are the words that he spoke, you'll find them in Matthew 26 and verse 41, He said to them, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Remarkable words of Jesus. This morning we come into the final um, talk on uh, the subject of directions, the inside scoop about the Christian life. I felt the Lord wanted me to share with this congregation and those who watch online um, the fact that we are living in days where it's going to be increasingly difficult to live as Christians in a world that's dark and getting darker, in a world that is now wracked with difficulties and problems. Uh, it will be very difficult for us to stand up for our faith and to know what we believe. And so, over these past weeks, we've been going over this whole subject of what the Christian life is about and the difficulties that come from being a Christian. This morning, these words of Jesus will bring us to a culmination of what we've been talking about The words that uh, Jesus spoke here raise three questions that I want to answer this morning. Number one, what does it mean to fall into temptation? Number two, where do I need to watch and how do I do that? And then number three, how should I pray? What does that look like? What does prayer look like in the midst of temptation? Now, let me start by saying this morning, everyone is tempted. As long as you are in the body, you will be tempted. You are at a place where temptation can reach you. The impulse to sin is a landing place in our flesh, in our bodies. It is the place that the attack will come. Jesus didn't say here, Watch and pray so that you will not be tempted. There is no way that you can get into the place in the Christian life where you are no longer tempted by the devil and sin. He says, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. Literally, it says, watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation." Now, temptation has two distinctive features. The first is this, that Satan becomes more aggressive than usual against us, that there comes moments in time where Satan's aggression against us now becomes very intense. He intensifies his assaults against us as Christians. How many know that not every day in the Christian life is the same? Uh, There seem to be days and seasons in life when all hell breaks loose against us. The Bible and the Apostle Paul specifically says that there are going to be evil days. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now I don't know about you, but when I've read that scripture in the past, I've put the evil day way out there in the future, just before Jesus comes back. But what Paul is saying here is this, there are evil days that are going to come and they're going to attack you. There are days that are evil where the enemy of your soul is going to be aggressive against you. He is going to seek to pull you away from God. Days that are more evil than other days. And we need to be aware that those days will come to us. Secondly, the second distinctive behavior of temptation is this. Our heart is unable to escape the trap of temptation. By that I mean temptation will come and and there are times where we'll be able to brush it off and uh, and be able to uh, get rid of it without some difficulty But there will also be times when particular temptation will come with such power and such force within us that we will know that we have a fight on our hands. You will find yourself divided. you wanting to reject the temptation, but unable at the same time to free yourself of its nagging force. How many knows that temptation nags you, and its nagging force comes against us? Imagine with me a salesman knocking at your door, and you open the door, and he tells you what he is selling, and at that point, if you're not interested, it's not difficult to say, I'm not interested, try the nice folks next door. But suppose you invite that salesman now into your home. Suppose he sits down in your living room and makes his presentation. He now shows you the product. He talks to you about how much you need this and how much better your life would be with this. And now some relationship begins to be formed... And your mind and your heart become engaged. And now it's harder to say no. That's what it means to enter into temptation. You get engaged with it. You let it inside and it's now in your living room or in your bedroom. And and you become connected to it. The temptation that landed in your flesh has now made its way to your affections and begins to get a grip on your mind. It fits all that we've been learning about, about the body, the soul, and the spirit. You remember, we said the spirit is the center of our lives that yearns for more of God, the part of us that longs for God. We said the soul is the middle ground and the battleground, It is that your body is susceptible uh, to the impulses of the devil as he attacks and to the world as it attacks and to sin as it attacks. It comes in and it lands in our body. Now what it is, it is wanting to make its way into your spirit so that now you love the sin more than you love God. So that now you're giving in to what sin wants rather than what God wants. And so it's trying to make its way to the center of your life. Temptation lands in your body but grows in its power and it builds a position in your soul and in your mind but it's after your heart. Last time we used the analogy of football, you remember, and we said the game is about moving the ball forward and trying to gain yardage, you are building a position to score. You're building a position. Um, And I thought about this, and it's the same in chess. Now, I am not a chess player. I'll tell you, explain why I'm not a chess player. Um, You you know, the fact is that chess takes concentration and thinking, and, oh, there's a rabbit. Uh, You know what I mean. You've got to keep yourself... Concentrated, that's not me, folks. And uh, but you know, the game of chess the chess master builds a position on the board and gradually he moves the pieces into commanding positions. And suddenly, you find your king is knocked over, he builds a position. Now, the background to the scripture that we read, uh, we're looking today. At an evil day above all other evil days. It was the day when our Lord Jesus was betrayed. Satan was building a position against him. And what Satan did, he entered into the heart of one of the disciples, Judas the betrayer, who falls to the temptation to betray Jesus for just pieces of silver And now at this point, Judas is on his way to the garden together with soldiers so that they could complete their evil deed. Satan was unleashing his whole armor against Jesus, his whole arsenal against Jesus. And Jesus comes to the disciples who are with him and he says, something is going to happen here. Watch and pray so that you won't enter into temptation, Satan is going to seek to trap you. He's saying don't give in, get into a place where sin tempts you. And this is a word to us today. Temptation is going to come to you this week. I'll guarantee it. And Jesus says to us, Watch and pray so that when temptation comes, you will not enter in, it will not enter into you, so that it cannot build a position of strength in your life. Watch and pray. So, what does it mean to watch? Watching means that we now identify our primary battleground. Remember the scripture from the book of James that we talked about last uh, week or the week before. James chapter 1 and verse 14 says, each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. So the temptation we faced are, are tied to our flesh, our own evil desire our bodies which are always uh, prone to sin, our bodies that are always open to the attacks of Satan and the world, uh, that are always open to the attacks of sin. All Christians are tempted, but all Christians are not tempted in the same way. And so, knowing yourself is of huge importance when it comes to living the Christian life. So, I'm going to ask you the question this morning, how well do you know yourself? You know, one of the amazing things about the program, no longer on TV now, uh, I'm sad about it really, I used to get some laughs out of it, but um, the American Idol show, its success is the extraordinary degree which people lack self-knowledge. Many people don't really know themselves at all. So on that show, some guy comes on and he's quite sure he can sing, but he can't. And the judges tell him he can't, but he even leaves with more determination than ever to prove that he has this wonderful gift of a voice. It's extraordinary what happens when they come on there. Now listen, friends, success in the Christian life comes from knowing God and knowing yourself. Say that with me, knowing and knowing. So how well do you know yourself? Because I believe with all my heart there are distinctive temptations that you will face that rise out of who you are. You need to know yourself. Now, King David, King David was an impulsive person. And his temptation with Bathsheba reflected that he had this in him, this tendency to be impulsive. So he views her bathing and immediately on impulse he goes after her, even though she was another man's wife. There are certain kinds of sins that attack impulsive people. So guys, if your wife likes shopping... No, I I didn't want to go there. I won't go there. Okay, so... Jonah was an introverted person, and his temptation was to sulk. And he he sulked outside of Nineveh, not wanting to do what God wanted him to do, And it reflected his introversion. If you are made of that kind of character, you will need to know the way that certain temptations will trap you moodiness and sulkiness that will come out of certain situations. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was an extrovert, he liked to make an impression. His temptation was to show off everything that he had. And it caused him one day to show his riches to a visiting king. And that was the beginning of the end of his reign because that king saw all that Hezekiah had. And he was right back at his doorstep with an army with him and wiped him out. So maybe good for us this week to sit down and to work through a list of different personality types. And, and, and to work out what temptations would be more likely with that particular uh, characteristic, that, uh, uh, that personality type. For instance, a person who is meticulous, showing extreme care about minute details, tends to keep the score, and, and may be tempted to hold a grudge and not to forgive. A person who is naturally cautious will be tempted... To feel that nothing, uh, to feel that uh, their life is lived in fear uh, uh, rather than actually trusting God and taking some risk of faith and stepping out in faith. A person who is a perfectionist will be tempted to feel that nothing anyone else does is good enough and they could be very difficult to live with. Anyone live with a perfectionist, if you dare to show me. (laughs) But the fact is, they can be very difficult to live with. A cool dude may be tempted to go through the whole of their Christian life without reading God's Word and praying. Why? Because they're a cool dude and don't need that stuff, they think. A laid-back person is tempted to go through life without making any real commitments either to God or to anyone else. they just laid back. So here is my advice. We have to become students of our own hearts. We've got to see the characteristics and the temperaments that are inside of our own life. The characteristics and temptations that now lurk within the frame of our temperament and our own personality. Are you the type of person that may be tempted to control? Or maybe you're the type of person who withdraws? Or maybe you're the person that now carries resentment? Or a person that would even rebel against any authority? Ask God to help you. To see what you're up against in your own body, in your own spirit, in your own soul. The psalmist saw this and he prayed in Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive or wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We're talking about watching. Watching our primary battle areas, areas that will come because of our personality and our temperament that we need to guard. And then, not only that, you need to note your most vulnerable times. Let me suggest to you three vulnerable times that attacked these disciples in the story that we read. I want to point out that firstly, you are vulnerable when you're tired, You see, the disciples were tired in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was late at night. Not only that, they'd had an exhausting week. They'd walked 20 miles from Galilee up to Jerusalem. And every day with Jesus in the temple, they'd been debating with teachers uh, and questions and answers were flying everywhere. And the whole business of ministry became exhausting. Now, I don't know about you, But when I'm tired, I don't see things clearly. Things easily get blown out of proportion in my own mind. I'm less careful with what I say. I'm less patient and more irritable and more easily provoked to anger. Is that right or not? And she's nodding her head. So when I'm tired, I've got to watch and pray and take as many naps as I can. I want to tell you, I'm at the age now where I don't pass up uh, two opportunities. The one opportunity is for the bathroom and the other is for a nap. Uh, You don't pass them up. Okay. Here's another ver- vulnerable time. You are vulnerable when a friend or loved one has sinned. Listen to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. If someone is caught in a sin, you are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Now the disciples had been bonded together as a team for three years. And now, on this night, Judas, Judas walks out of the Last Supper to betray Jesus. Never underestimate, friends, the effect on your life that comes from choices that your friends make. You have to be careful of what gets into your mind. It makes you more vulnerable to temptation. So, your friend leaves his wife, or he engages in some deception, and now what he has done gets into your mind and it makes you more vulnerable to the same temptation. Your spouse commits adultery, and you feel you'll do the same now to get back at him or her. Their sin led you into temptation. Your friend tries a drug. And um, now what he or she has done gets into your mind, and you begin to think, if they can do it, so can I. Now, I want you to listen carefully to me. Right now, this nation is divided. The devil is at work, friends. We have to be careful, because it's going to be very tempting to take sides In all that's going on in the nation. I encourage you to chase down every temptation towards racism. Chase it down. It's evil. It comes from the devil. It is evil. Whether it's white against black or black against white... And realize as Christians, we follow the advice of the Apostle Paul. He said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 and 28, For as many as you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are one in Christ Jesus. We must stand against injustice. And there is injustice spread throughout our nation. And we must stand against racism, the evil of racism. But, but be careful. Don't get led by the crowd into sin. The white supremacy group... Known as KKK. I challenge you who are saying Black Lives Matter and you join that group to go on their website and to look what they believe and what they stand for and you will find they're every bit as evil as KKK. We should not take sides in this whole thing. We read in the New Testament about two men, one called Imenius and the other one called Alexander, who really messed up and they fell into sin. And when they fell into sin, they took a whole crowd of people with them who just followed suit. We have to watch and pray that we do not fall into temptation when our friends and loved ones around us may be falling into temptation. Remember, people never fall into sin. They rarely fall into sin alone. They usually take others with them when they fall into sin. And so another vulnerable time is when our friends or a loved one or the crowd are falling into sin. We have to guard ourselves. We have to watch and pray lest we fall into sin. Here's another time to be careful when people are against Jesus. It's, un- it's hard to stand for Jesus in an environment where most people are against him. In our scripture, Peter sees the hostility of the soldiers that come to arrest Jesus. So later when he's warming his hands by a fire, he's accused of being one of Jesus' followers and now fear grips him and he feels that the same velocity of attack is going to come against him and now he denies knowing Jesus. Hey, listen friends, we live in an environment where most people don't mind you being religious but they don't want you following Jesus and they don't want to know about Jesus. The natural thing to do in an environment when everyone is against Jesus is to keep silent about you loving Jesus. But we're not natural people. We're supernatural people. And so the fact is we don't keep silent about loving Jesus. Watch and pray so you don't fall into the temptation. Maybe it's going to be on the college or school campus. Where everyone is against Jesus, and you know you're in trouble if you say you're a Jesus follower, but you stand true to your faith. Or maybe it's in the business world where you're gonna lose some business transaction if they know that you're a Christian or you're a follower of Jesus, or you will be looked down on and it won't help you progress up the ladder. You fall into the temptation many people do because of the hostility against Jesus. They keep silent about Jesus. Jesus says, watch and pray that you don't fall into that temptation. It's not a time to be ca- become silent about Jesus, friends. It's time to shout it on the housetops. Because the answer to the nation's problem is Jesus Christ and Him alone. Here's another thing you need to do in watching then. You need to study your past experience Reflect on your past failures, when you fell maybe into sin, uh, and avoid repeating them. Don't move away from where you fell until you study how that happened so that you can avoid that happening again. When did it happen? What could I have done to now that I look back on it that would have kept me out of that experience of sin? You know, a football team who has lost a game, uh, they they will often just sit down and, and watch the touchdowns against them and begin to analyze. They'll do it in slow motion to find out what went wrong, how could we have stopped it, so that they will not repeat the same mistakes again. And the fact is, friends, we have to be serious if we are serious about our progress in the Christian faith. We need to be that serious about it. We need to look at where we may have fallen and say, I'm not going to be caught out like that again. I'm going to now watch that I will not get caught out like that again. I know where it went wrong and I'm not going to do it again. That's why Jesus says, watch and pray so that you can gain intelligence. Someone wrote this. One of the most important parts of spiritual wisdom is to find out how sin and the devil has used occasions, opportunities, and temptations to gain advantage over us. We need to trace this serpent in all of its turning and windings and to bring its more secret tricks out into the open. We must learn to say to Satan, this is your usual method. I know what you're up to. And we fight back against the devil. Jesus said, watch and pray. He says you've got to do these two things together. See, if you watch but you don't pray, it's like getting a diagnosis from the doctor but no prescription. That's what happens when you study your own soul without doing anything to put it right, to change. Watching without praying will get you into a place of depression. You see the problem but you never take action to move forward. And if you pray and you don't watch, It's like going into a pharmacy without knowing what's wrong with you. And so you've got a whole pharmacy that's filled with drugs that could help you to get over what you've got. But the fact is you don't even know what to ask for. And therefore it's no use to you. The danger is is that our prayers get separated from the reality of what Satan is doing against us. And so when we go to pray, we don't know what to pray for. But we need to know what Satan is doing and to pray against what he is doing and to call on the help of heaven to overcome the temptation. Temptations will come to you this week, I'll guarantee it. How do I know? Because every week they come against me. And no Christian is, is avoiding that, it will happen. So now Jesus says, "Watch and pray so that you will Satan will not be able to build a position against you that overwhelms you." Quickly, the time's going. Let's talk about praying. Pray because our flesh is weak. If you don't believe me on that, listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew 26:41, "The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." The flesh, as I told you, is the place where sin lands in your life. Powerful temptations are about to land in your life. So pray that you will not fall into temptation. So I have to ask you, do you believe again that your flesh is weak? You know, Peter reminds us of the great dangers of overconfidence. He was the one who in the chapter that we're looking at said to Jesus, I'll never disown you. He was the one that said to Jesus, even if, I, if all, everyone else falls away on account of you, I never will. And he was the first one too. Peter didn't even know the weakness of his own flesh. He did not watch. He did not pray. And he did fall into temptation. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, the one who thinks he stands should be careful lest he fall. Jesus says, watch and pray. Why? Because your flesh is weak. He doesn't say you are weak. If you're a Christian, you have the presence of Jesus living on the inside of you. It is that Jesus has taken up residence in your spirit And so the fact is that you can call on the power of Jesus to overcome temptation. That it is that now, when you recognize that sin is attacking, you now call on the power that's within you, the power of Holy Spirit to help you. Pray because the Jesus in you is strong and stronger than Satan and sin. Now scripture, Jesus gave the command to the disciples, watch and pray. Not only did they not obey his command, they fell into temptation. And that's our position often, isn't its it? We've not kept the command of Christ to watch and pray. All of us have sinned in many ways. None of us can really hold our heads up high when we look at our obedience to Christ. We've not watched or prayed as we should have. We've entered into temptation and sin mars our lives because of it. We need to look to Christ and start afresh today. So what is Christ doing here in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus was praying for Peter when pre- Peter wasn't praying for himself. He said in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, 31, Jesus told Peter, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, listen to what he said, that your faith will not fail. You may say, well, I thought he did fail. He denied Jesus. Yes, Jesus knew, friends. Jesus knew that Peter would fail to watch and pray and that within a few hours he would curse and swear blind that he didn't know Jesus ever. Jesus knew Peter would fail, but he prayed for Peter's faith. He says, I know he's going to fall into temptation, but I'm praying that his faith will not fail. In other words, listen. Listen to me carefully, friends. Listen, it's that Jesus was saying, you may fall into sin, but I'm praying that your faith won't fail. I'm praying that you won't walk away from me. I'm praying that you won't think it's all over. I'm praying that you'll get back up. And you say, I may have failed, but my faith has not failed. I'm still trusting in God. I'm getting up. I'm going on. I'm not staying down. Jesus said, listen, Peter, Satan's had his eye on you. He wants to tear you apart. He will come against you with everything that he's got. He wants to destroy you, but I prayed that your faith will stand the test, that you will get back up and you will keep going on. Christ died for you and Christ intercedes for you, friends. The Son of God is at the right hand of the Father. He's for you. He's for you when you triumph, and He's for you when you fail. So when you pray, you draw near to Him. That's why there's hope for you, even if you've fallen into temptation. Now, very quickly, I have to finish with this, but um, there's a double edge to temptation, it's a double edged sword. Towards the end of the New Testament, we read about how God uses all kinds of trials to prove that your faith is genuine and that will result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Listen to what Peter wrote this. Peter said this. Now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of temptations. These have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold will be proved genuine and may result in the praise and glory and honor of Jesus when Jesus Christ is revealed. So it is the temptation is a two-edged sword. It was the undoing of Judas. It was the proving of Judas. It proved him to be a false follower of Jesus. But it was the making of Peter and it proved that he was now not only getting back up, he was expanding his faith in Jesus. Peter's failure led him to repentance and it led him to a place that he proved his faith was genuine. Peter came to Jesus in repentance and he said, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. And Jesus said, I've got work for you to do, Peter. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And he said, get back up and get back onto the program. Keep moving forward. Don't stay down. Keep going, Peter. Someone wrote this Christ became like us that he might be tempted. We are tempted that we may become like Christ. He recommended this come to Christ before temptation, in temptation, and after temptation. He is able to help you when you're tempted, when you're in the midst of fighting temptation. And if you fall, he'll not leave you. He'll come and pick you back up and say, you can get up and keep going forward. Now listen to what Jude chapter 20, uh, Jude one twenty-four. there's only one, one chapter in the book of Jude. And it says this, he is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious present without fault and with great joy. So as the worship team come back right now, you may be here this morning and you're saying, Pastor King, I need prayer. I'm in the midst of great temptation right now. I'm in the midst of a huge battle against temptation. If that's you, I want you to get up and come and stand at the front. I want to pray for you, all right? You say, I'm in the middle of great temptation. There's a war going on for my soul, and I need prayer. If that's you, I want you to come up to the front for prayer right now. Just come and stand at the, at the front. Or maybe maybe you're coming out of temptation. Maybe, maybe you've gone through temptation, and you're feeling battle-scarred and beaten up. And it is that you've looked at your life, and you feel, I've got no chance. I'm never going to make it, am I can't. And, and, and you're having difficulty getting back up, having gone through great temptation. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that you will not only get back up, but that you'll get back up stronger than you've ever been. That you will say to the devil, You may have got me this time, you'll not get me the next time. My faith is strong in Jesus Christ. I'm standing, I'm standing strong in the power of Jesus. You may be here this morning. The temptation that you fell into may have been years gone by, but you're carrying the guilt of that. lady came to the altar in the first service and she said, she said, I was hurt and I fought back and I hurt my stepdad. And she said this morning... I realize that I've wasted years and years carrying that hatred and anger in my heart. And this morning I've laid it at the feet of Jesus and I'm about to go and tell my stepdad that I forgive him and that I'm not going to allow him to affect the future that God has for me. I'm not going to let that happen. You may be carrying stuff from the past that's dogged your steps and held you back and you're not giving yourself to God as you should. And And you hear this morning, you say, I want to make a fresh start. I want this day to be a new day. I want this to be a new beginning. I want God to come and help me as I step into the future. The temptation has been hard. The battle has been vicious against you. But greater, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says, the Bible says that if God is for us, who can be against us? The Bible says, nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus the Lord. Your faith is strong this morning. Stand in faith. And say, devil, you've had your way too long. I'm not allowing you another foot. You've told me that God won't accept me, that God has rejected me, that God's turned his back on me. It's a lie, Satan. My faith is in the Son of the living God and he's not changed his mind about me. So let's all stand right now. And if you... If you're not at the front, you should be at the front now. You're on your feet. It's easier to get to the front. That's why I made you stand. So if you, you know you need to be up here, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. I believe God wants to help you. I believe with all my heart God wants to help you. I know he can do it because he's done it. And he does it for me every week. The devil hits us down and he thinks he's got us out. But we get back up. We say we're going on. We're following on. We're pressing in. We're not giving up. We're not going to back out. We're not quitters. We're people who are saying our faith is in the name of the Son of God. We may, we, we may lose some battles, but in the end, we are going to win the war. We are going to win the war. Now, Jesus, now, Jesus, Jesus, these are wonderful people. These are people you picked up out of the gutter. These are people who made a stand in faith to follow you. And, Lord, the enemy of their souls has been battling them. The enemy has come with temptation and sin, and some have fallen. But this morning, but this morning, your name be glorified. They're getting back up, Jesus. Jesus, they get getting back up. Holy Spirit, they're getting back up. Now I pray, fill them with power. Fill them with an understanding that they can overcome Satan and sin. I pray, oh God, that they will never let the devil take them out that they will never let the devil take them away. I pray that you will cover them with the blood of Jesus. I pray right now that they shall sense within them a great fight that's coming up that says, devil, you've had your way too long. I'm now surrendering to God. And by the help of my elder brother, Jesus, hey, he's your brother. Hey, you got someone to fight your battles. His name is Jesus. He's your elder brother. And he says, not only that, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit is within you. You're going to win. Hey, look at me. I want you to look at me. I want you to say these words. I'm going to win. All right. One, two, three. Come on, shout it out. Come on, shout it out. Shout it out. Hey, listen, listen, listen. The devil doesn't believe you right now. The devil thinks you're just joking. The devil is looking and laughing, but you are determined, right? You are determined. Listen, I'm going to pray for you every day this week. I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that the enemy is going to know right and surely that this army is on its feet. It's not down and out. It's not finished. It's standing up and saying, by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are on our feet. And we are going to win. Come on, shout it out, I'm going to win Shout it out, I'm going to win Shout it out, I'm going to win Oh yes Now I seal this word within you by the power of the Holy Spirit That when the enemy comes against you and mark my words he will That you will remember this moment you will say you may have won in the past. You're not winning this time. You, you need to know, devil, that I know something now that I never knew before. I know right now that I can drive you back by the power of Holy Spirit. Uh, you need to know, devil, that you may have tripped me up and I may have fallen in the past. But devil, I want you to know if you brought one demon to help you to get me, you'll need a thousand in the future because I am standing strong in Jesus Christ. seal this word in the heart of these people and the heart of this congregation as we step into the future with you. Oh God, I pray, let us shine as lights in a dark world. I pray in Jesus' name that we will be a people who will stand strong in our faith and we will not quit. Oh God's people said amen. Amen. I want you to sing this song before you get out of here. It's a great song that will send you out rejoicing. How many know that there are songs, uh, uh, do you know about the songworm? I tell you what a songworm is, you'll wake up tomorrow morning and the song's still going through your mind. You know? This is one you need to get into your mind and heart. Come on, let's sing.